This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. Rhythm rhythm was throwing me off there. <laughs> Different cadence. <laughs> Tempo, yeah, yeah. Today we're talking about The Godfather Part 2. That beachy boozo, man. This movie came out in 1974. Uh, it runs three hours and 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's the start of this movie. It's the <laughs> runtime. Oh my gosh. Directed and written directed and written by Francis Ford Coppola, also written by Mario Puzo, based that on the book. guy? Mario oh. Puzo. <laughs> oh, white hey. guy. Puzo over here. Starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Talia Sher, John Cazale, Lee Strasberg. Uh, who else am I missing from this movie? Oh, that's the heavy hitters. Get a young Bruno Kirby here as the young Clemenza. That's right. Bruno Kirby. Um, Abe Bogota. Very end, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Also, oh yeah, R.I.P. Jimmy Conn. James Conn. James Conn. All right, uh, this was my nomination. I did not see this when it came out in theaters, as I did not exist yet. I did not know this was still 74, too. I thought, I don't know, I thought this came out like late 90s or 70s. Um, but I did, I, I don't know if I told the story when we did The First Godfather. My friend and I decided one day, oh, we're going to watch some classic movies. And we sat down and we watched Godfather and Godfather Part Two in one night. Oh, Jesus. That's like a Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> that's like all three Star Wars prequels yeah. and I, honestly I want to say we started um, uh, Apocalypse Now the same night and did not make it through that <laughs> oh, Jesus, we were on a Francis uh, little bender there and didn't make it through and I still have yet to finish that movie that should be on our list um, yeah there it is anyway yeah, that's my history with it and uh, I kind of enjoyed it uh, Scott what's your history with this movie uh, this is one of those movies that I feel like was always on cable one way or the other uh, as a kid. Um, so kind of watched in the background, never really paid much attention. Uh, you know, it wasn't until I w- was an adult that I really sat down to watch The Godfather and, and really appreciated what was going on uh, just from the, the story and, and just from the filmmaking. Uh, and then, you know, not long after seeing Godfather Part Two. Um, you know, almost definitely again on cable, uh, but I've owned multiple instances over the years. Uh, I think I, I might have accidentally tossed <laughs> the, the DVDs I had of, of this, uh, which is unfortunate. But um, I don't know. I, I might... accidentally tossed part three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah accidentally. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this this is it's it's always around what is it like Thanksgiving that uh like AMC or one of those channels does the marathon of these movies. Yeah. And, uh, so you can that it isn't too difficult to to rewatch if you want to. Yep. And Alex, what's your history with this movie? 
I think I saw this movie because I had nothing else to do, and I was like, you know what? I've never seen Godfather Part Two, and I liked the first one, and I watched it, and I liked the second one. I will say that at first I did not like the switching between timelines, but I saw this like like 15 years ago, so now watching it with fresh eyes, I get it. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Let's get into it. As usual, we're going to talk about seven items from the movie. I will say this movie, I'm going to have like more like just comments and questions than like my favorite things because the whole movie is just really good for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the one thing, and this is my biggest. Question, not question, my complaint. So I like Godfather 1 more. I still love this movie, as we'll we'll talk about later. But I like the first one more. And the main reason is I think the storyline is not as complicated in the first one as in this one. It has taken me... (laughs) I've watched this movie 20 times. Maybe not 20. 15 times? 10, 15 times? I'm still, every time I'm watching it, I have to pay so close attention to what's going on. Because there's so many characters. And how does Michael know? Does Michael know... Is he really being set up? Did he do this? Is he, who, who is he lying to here? You need um, the, has uh, always the Charlie Day crazy board with all the strings attached to names <laughs> and pictures and stuff. Yeah, and like once you watch it a few times, you, you you'd appreciate it and everything. But it does. But I still now have questions as I watch it. I'm like, what? How did that? that you know, so stuff like that. Um, so that is one good slash bad thing. I, 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 I totally agree. Like. Yeah, the plot is definitely not as neat as it is in the first movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael's storyline, anyway. I think Vito's is pretty straightforward. There's not much there yeah. right? I don't, yeah. to get confused with. But Michael's. Uh, and yeah, we could talk about that as we go. But that's the one, if I have to nitpick, and why I put one over two. Um, and it's not even the length, because I think for a three hour and 30 minute movie, it does not feel that long to me. Like Especially for a movie I've seen. Yesterday I sat down. And I was like, I got a chore, and before I knew it, it was intermission, and then before I knew it, it was over. Like I, I love this movie so much that it goes by quick. I, 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 the, I, st- I still feel like the the uh, like the attempted murder on Frank Pentangeli in the middle. Like I, th- like for me, that's the murkiest part of the movie. Um, as far as like how was Michael involved with that at all or not? Um, uh, no. Like I don't think it is, but like every time I watch it, I'm like, uh, like I feel like I'm missing something. No, I did for a while until it, I, I don't know why, but when I took Michael at his word, I'm talking like he was in the room. Like I know, <laughs> but I took Michael at his word when he said, "I know I didn't order it, so who ordered this hit?" You know, just like. But but uh, see, but is okay. he lying though? That's the that's the thing. I know, but I don't think he did. I don't think he did either, but that's it's confusing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's one of those. So, uh, young Danny Aiello in that scene, by the way. Um, oh yeah, who oh, I missed him. Who uh, like I don't know if this is true or not, but according to the trivia, he ad libbed the like Michael Corleone says hello line. Oh okay. <laughs> Is it that? Because I was just about to say Michael Corleone sends his regards. Sends his regards. I'm pretty sure that's Game of Thrones. (laughs) Right? Michael Corleone pays his debts. (laughs) No, sends his regards. That's the Lannister thing, right? When the Red Wedding? I think that's... 
I don't remember. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure the Lannisters send the regards. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting confused here. Um, so yeah, anyway, this, we, we could talk about some of the other things too, or we can talk about it now. But yeah, the, the complicated storyline is the one thing that. Yeah, but it makes you go back and watch for more. Like, also, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. I still don't <laughs> really know what Fredo did. Did he let them in the property? Did he te- like he was? That's the one thing he tells Michael what he says. And he didn't know it was a hit, but I still don't really know what he did to Frankiola, whatever the guy's name was, Johnnyola. I think he just mouthed off. So I think like he I th- usually did. I think what what happened was that they they lied to him, obviously, um, yeah. and they. They thought they were just going to get these random guys to, like, shoot, like, randomly at the island. Like, cause, like, this ruckus to, to scare Michael. Um, not actually try to kill Michael. And he was key in, like, getting them there. So he got uh, them in the okay. premises. Yeah, I think I think that's what happened. I think, though. We don't, we we don't, don't know. know right? We don't but... know. Like, it could have been as simple as, like... Like, if you go at this part of the island, you can get on. Or, like, just giving the layout of the, the property of, like, oh, yeah, here's Michael's room or whatever. Here's where they sleep. Like, make sure not to shoot at this part. Like, maybe he even, like, went out of his way to be, like, you know, make sure you're not shooting at the house because that's where they'll be. Like, just kind of naively mm-hmm. going along with everything. And did he open the blinds? Keep the blind Like, that's... Well, that's the giveaway to Michael that something is, that is wrong, right? Or actually to his wife. Mm-hmm. And why are the blinds open? Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that could be very possible. Like, But then he knew it was a hit then. Like, I don't, I don't I mean, it's, it's, it's always possible, too, that, that Fredo really did want the hit on Michael so that he could take over. Maybe he really was like that uh, desperate that he would do something like that. I didn't get that. Like I don't. I don't think so. But it is possible. Yeah. And it kind of could kind of explain why um, he's so like jumpy for the rest of the movie. <laughs> All right, and then the, I have so we're talking questions. Sorry, I don't. Unless you guys have other questions that are on your list, do you or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. Then let's go on to Scott's number seven. Then. Okay. Um, so my number seven uh, that, I, that I think is uh, one of the many great things about this movie is um, the the difference between Robert De Niro's young younger uh, Vito and and Michael in this movie, um, where they they both share this this very kind of reserved, kind of dignified air about themselves. But are completely different people, um, and I think that that drives to the heart of of the movie about how Michael's you know trying to do what he thinks is best to keep his family, and in so doing, like basically destroys his family. Um, whereas like Vito is is also doing kind of despicable things, uh, but you know the the De Niro character is also kind of warm, approachable. Um, he seems amused a lot of the time. Um, whereas Michael is, is just always kind of cold, uh, just kind of, uh, looming 
Um, and it's it's a fantastic performance from uh, Al Pacino in this. Probably his best, and in, in, I think in Godfather too, because he's just mm-hmm. like seething throughout the entire movie. Like, did you see like his hua? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see the 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 way he's just kind of wound so tight, like he's just ready to snap, like in almost every scene. Um, but he's still like keeping it under control because he's mm-hmm. just like pissed that, that things aren't going the way that he wants to. Um, and, you know, and, and Kay at one point even like says like, you know, I knew you're smarter than them, and that that's the case. Like he's he's kind of living in this world where he, he he's the only one that can see the big picture, uh, but he never stops to think that you know at, at any point that what he's doing is is wrong. Um, so and and you know and obviously comes back to bite him in the end um but yeah just going back to the performances though like that juxtaposition of, of the two of them um yeah it's, it's it's just really good stuff and yeah this is also a great performance from De Niro too not to to sell that short uh but yeah just they're, they're like two completely different people um you know and this is you know like it's interesting to see how Michael kind of turned out this way uh, based on, on seeing how Vito was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my number seven. Do you think it's because Michael came from... Michael came. Came from money, from <laughs> right, as opposed to Vito, who came from nothing and left his country alone and all that stuff? And went um, yeah, well, obviously, like, Michael definitely didn't have it as hard as, as Vito yeah. did. Um that's it. Like Michael is always his own man. Like he he goes off to join the war, you know. Mm-hmm. He's kind of not interested in the trappings of of the power that his family represents. Um, but that's because they were giving that to him, well, though, right? Well, they, like, they were well, well, isolating him from everything. Well, let me let me let me rephrase that. Like it's not that he's not interested; it's that he doesn't want to be interested. I think is the thing. Like because I think ultimately you see in the, in the first Godfather that, that that this is kind of who he really is. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or like how he, who he could have easily always been. Um, and he was always kind of fighting it until he kind of gives in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think just like nature versus nurture, if that's, if that's like kind of what you're asking, Jeff. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's definitely different, but like it, it doesn't explain like why he he's so angry, though. Um, I mean, obviously it's like to lose your... your like in the first, all things happen in the first Godfather. Um, you know, it, it's it's rough. Like he, he's basically thrown right into the middle of things. It's not like he gets this gradual. Like he's not living that life, and all of a sudden he's like right in the thick of it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas maybe, maybe that explains why he's so angry with this. Like he does want to be done with it, um, but he but he can't. He, like he's still got a like he's still stuck in this mode of of. Run the family. Careful. Don't quote Godfather 3 here. You're about to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Alex, number seven. Uh, my number seven is that is not a solid go fucking phone. It just is. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. not. Not to, to take it into this conversation to more serious uh, <laughs> territory, that phone is not solid fucking gold. It is. It just isn't. And that really annoyed the shit ruined, out of me. Ruined, ruined the movie for you. <laughs> yeah, ruined the was, fucking movie. It was going to be our highest rating, so we rated on scale one to seven. Alex, <laughs> Alex was going to give it a seven, automatic drop of a point just it's because just of a that. Three. <laughs> it might as well have been a CGI <laughs> phone. Fuck. 
It's a gift. It's a solid gold foil. It gold plated at the most. Everybody's like passing it along with their fingertips and stuff. Bullshit. Yeah, they didn't even bad. pretend. Even if the if the president, the Cuban president, was like, it's not a real solid the gold president. foil, but he's telling everybody they should at least. There's a couple people that faked like it was heavy, but other ones they didn't give a shit. So. Alex, I I love the shit you focus on sometimes. Like, <laughs> well, I have no idea prominent. like how you get to it, but I love that you do. <laughs> Fucking phone. I, I mean, I never thought about it. I've never thought about it. I've seen this movie. <laughs> More than a few times, and I never thought about like, oh, that, that's got to be a fake telephone. This whole scene's well, bullshit now. They they focused on that phone for so long, so I gotta think that it's not just oh, look at the opulence and stuff like that. It's got to be that it's not in in the movie. It's not really a gold phone like at all. It's just like uh, what you call it, like the illusion of power. It's and it's wealth. pyrite, right. <laughs> it's, it's fool's gold. It's a solid pyrite. Yeah, nobody uh, tried to bite the phone, so we'll never know. Then one of one of the the generals took it away, and then he, he said, "Give it back." And then the general said, "Give what back?" <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's right. That's my number seven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my number six. We'll stick with uh, that part of the world, and it's the stuff in Cuba. Um. How, how, do you, how do you say banana daiquiri? <laughs> banana daiquiri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, just all the stuff down there. It's, you know, when they have it with uh, the revolution and all that stuff. And then the, the Hyman Roth, who he bugs me, but he's a good character. Um, with, you got the, working with the, with the government. The way he talks in this movie, just <laughs> with a working relationship with the government. And his hairy it's chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's hot in Havana. And his slice the cake. Let everyone see it before you give everybody a slice. <laughs> and our friends at American Telephone are going to help us out here. I don't know. Just, but <laughs> if, I, if I go to sleep and I wake up and the $2 million cash here, I know we have a partner. If not, I don't. <laughs> um, so this is my next question. So... Michael knows that Hyman Roth was in on the hit on, uh, what's his name? Frankie Jelly. What's his name? Pentangeli. Pentangeli. Um, and so he's having his guy go and, and murder him. And then he's ends up having a stroke. And so they have to take him to the hospital. And then he goes in there and he's about to suffocate him. And then those guys show up. Was that just a coincidence? Who were those guys who came in and killed uh, Herman yeah, Munster. That was part of the. <laughs> <laughs> what? His bodyguard looked weird. Look like a big. So, oh, so he I was an assassin. He, I don't. I don't think he had a stroke. Did he? They said that later. Did they? Okay. I didn't. I... Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was just part of the Cuban military going in there to protect them because yeah, no, just the, the, of the, the revolution. The hitman just right? like, got really unlucky. He did a shitty job. Yeah. Like, that's not, no joke. He just like. They saw it, they caught him in the act, and they all had guns and mm-hmm. they shot him. Yeah, okay. That's kind of what I thought. I mean, it, there was, Hyman Roth wasn't in on it, because I was wondering if maybe he was tipped off by Fredo, because he tells Fredo the plot beforehand. So that's what I was wa- I've, wa- I've watched for in the past. But I'm like, no, I don't think I'd say. I think he just, these guys are either coming in because they knew the revolution was happening, or I, I don't, or they were trying to get Hyman Roth. Like, why were they there? Because of a. Uh... No, I think, I think the. Like 
the military dudes, I think they were there. They were just hanging out with the nurses because it was New Year's. No, they specifically came in like straight to his room. Yeah, they were like marching in. Yeah. But now I'm confused. I... <laughs> the nurses were there and they go, oh, let's go celebrate New Year's. And they take off. Yeah, when and that's when he makes his move. Yeah, yeah, and he makes his move. Closes the windows. Yeah, no one sees him. And then all of a sudden, the military just march yeah, on I, in. I, 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 have to, I have to watch that again because I, I, I might be remembering it correctly. <laughs> but I felt like they were hanging out with the nurses. No, I don't. No, think they so. marched in. Yeah, because just the nurses and the doctors. Yeah. So, so Alex, you think it was just people there to protect him because of the revolution that was happening or this is military or they were trying to get him or maybe he was maybe. I thought it was because to protect him from the revolution because he's the money maker maybe Fredo did tip him off I mean, but I don't think Fredo would have been party to that, to that though because Michael tells Wait. Fredo like like it's the other well, way around that, that, that he's gonna take no he, t- he does tell Fredo that he's yeah. already made his move yeah he, tonight, he tells him that He's going to be ass- Michael is going to be assassinated tonight, right? Right. But this is but this is really what's going to happen. He's not going to live to see midnight. We're gonna we're gonna take him out, and I have a plan that's going to get us out of here. Oh, he so tells yeah. Fredo. Fredo could have okay. tipped him off too. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Um. Okay. Anyway, stuff with Cuba. <laughs> too many too many banana daiquiris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you notice Michael just drinks club soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you ever see him. Yeah. I mean, he drinks wine. I think in the beginning of the first Godfather, before he, you know, con- drinking, converts. What is he drinking? Chichi. What is he drinking? Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> Scott number six. Uh, number six is uh, the the Cuba dance floor scene. Then it's hit midnight. He does the the iconic. Uh, kiss of death, uh, but so whatever it's called. <laughs> That's all I need. But uh, the I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Uh, it's a classic scene. The the I mean, yep. John Casale Casale. How do his last name? I think it's Casal, but I'm not sure. He's like the MVP in this movie. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like he's you know absolutely freaked out, um, and you know he runs and you know it's it's terrifying when Michael's like I'm not gonna do anything like you're my brother come on you know it's it's it reminds me of that that scene uh, in in Goodfellas when Karen is is going by and sees uh, Robert De Niro's oh. character he's like oh just come down this alley and I'll give you your money or whatever and she's like eh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, pick out a couple dresses. Yeah, he's like, pick out, go, you know, in the warehouse over there, pick out a couple dresses, and there's two tufts in there. She's like, no. So, yeah. yeah. You know, like, John Cazale's story, right? He's been in... Uh, he was in Deer Hunter also. Yeah. He's been in six movies, five movies. Godfather, Conversation, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon, Deer Hunter, and every single one was nominated for Best Picture. And then he married or engaged to Meryl Streep. <laughs> so he's Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. We should put that one on the list too. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Uh, Alex, number six. My number six is, and I th- 
kind of feel like this was a bit uncharacteristic, but the uh, the senator being set up with the dead hooker. Here's another, like the one that was a little murky. Yeah, no, I, I when Michael made that threat at the beginning when he said, "I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna do nothing. You're gonna front the bill for everything at the beginning." Okay, I knew it's like okay, they're gonna put a horse head in his bed or do something. I was not expecting a dead hooker. First of all, second of all, I thought that once the senator left the room, the hooker was going to be fine, and she was just acting. They're going to give her extra money or something, but it's like they cut, and she was dead. And it, that seems like I, I'm sure Michael wouldn't order something like that. I think he would. You see the end of this movie? Yeah, <laughs> but never to like a. A lady. They don't do that to, to women in these movies. Yeah, they do. Well, not directly. See, I mean, who did they kill out? Sh- he slapped the shit out of his own wife yes, and he kills but, his brother in this. I don't yes, know. Yes, but he doesn't a hooker shoot is nothing. her in the face. Like, in the, in the first movie, they, they kill the mistress when they're doing the, like, all the hits. Like, you know, like the, that, like, oh, like honor roll about, like, <laughs> non-combatants, whatever you want to call them. Because millions. Okay. All right, well. I just thought that was a bit much. Yeah, like the these movies oh, are, is, are but, kind but. of women in general, so like. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like what, what what I always wonder about is, um, like how much of that was actually Senator Geary, like, doing it on his own versus like, did they did they drug him? Like what? No, they drugged him. Well, I mean, right, they they did, but, like, were they the ones that actually killed her? Was was he the one that did it? Um, but I think he uh, he actually maybe. did it in, like... Is it the impression that he, he... It's not like he just wakes up and, yeah, like, like oh, there's this, this dead prostitute next to him. Like, I think he, like, was doing weird shit. And he took it too far. Um, yeah, I always maybe, thought that they... scene was a bloodbath. I thought they they planted it. I think he yeah. they drugged him, they killed her, put him in bed with him, and okay. That's still, what I still, still, yeah, I'm still like 100. percent Like I watch it, and I I think you guys are right, but I'm not 100 percent convinced. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, on to my number. I like how he keeps mispronoun- mispronouncing Corleone. Corleone. <laughs> yeah. He goes out of his way to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then when he gets in the room with him, he calls him his right name, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, uh, this is my first of the the Vito timeline, and it's the when Vito kills Dom Amici or Don. Don he kills kills Don Amici. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Don was it Don Chichi? What's his name? Don. What's the Don that he killed? What's his name? Uh, I think it was... Fenucci. Fenucci. Yeah. Fenucci, yeah. Yeah. What a Don Amici. <laughs> uh, I knew it wasn't that, but it sounded like Don Chichi. By the way, I saw, as with everything, I saw The Simpsons first. Remember when Homer has the thing about him being the, the Godfather? <laughs> yeah, that's a nice adult. That's what I thought. Like, so I always thought the Godfather was that character, not some side character in Godfather yeah. too. yeah. Um, but anyway, the death of him, the whole plan, you know, he knows that he's weak. He can, you know, he's, well, he's pretty sure that he's weak. He tests him with 
you know, giving him less money. And once he guys takes it, he knew there. Right, this guy is all talk, and just him following him on the rooftops. The whole thing with the towel, which I really don't know what the hell that was, but it's cool. <laughs> and the light bulb and shooting him in the face, and then putting the gun in his mouth—that's a bit excessive. But hey, got to make sure he's dead, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, yeah, you're right. The, the towel—is it? I guess it was to make it less noisy. I don't know. Are you less conspicuous, maybe? But yeah, the, the trivia is that like it really, like they didn't intend it to catch fire the way that it did. Uh, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that whole scene of them, you know, breaking the gun apart and dropping the pieces in different ch- chimney stacks or whatever those things are. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how good forensics was back then. Yeah. Not I'm like, pretty sure they didn't have... non-existent. didn't have a fingerprinting. Yeah. Well, Sherlock Holmes is still across the Atlantic, so they don't worry about yeah. him. Uh, I think Venucci here uh, must have fallen on a pile of bullets. <laughs> Case closed. I did like, I don't know if anyone's going to talk about set pieces. Are they or no? The old Italy? Like yeah, Italy? Uh, oh, no, or old New York, actually. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I'm going to actually talk about that in my next point. Okay, well, that's what I was asking. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's my number five. So, Scott, uh, wait, was that Wait, would I do my number five? Yeah, that was it. Okay, you're number five. Uh, number five is, I think this is like the American epic. So like the first Godfather was that until this came out. Because <laughs> this this includes the, the different time periods. And um, yeah, the the Lake Tahoe house feels kind of isolated and that could kind of be anywhere. Um, that doesn't really feel like like a slice mm-hmm. of Americana like the first uh, Godfather does when they're, they're in New York. Um, but yeah, the, the, the little Italy stuff is like fantastic and it holds up like the, the whole parade and, and just the look and the way all the, the apartments look and the streets and, um, you know, if that's just filmed on a back lot, they did an amazing job. Uh, you know, it's, and, and even down to like the costuming and things like, I don't know how like hundred percent accurate it all is, but, uh. It all still looks and feels uh, like very much like very real, uh, and yeah, there's there's very yeah. movies that are kind of doing what this does uh, on, on this scale, uh, doing it yeah. doing it right anyway. And this time period of horses and cars, you know, with this crossover, right? There's just I don't know how many years it lasted, but there's both on the road. Like that's just. It's this cool little time period, right? Cars just didn't appear, and then everyone stopped using horses and yeah. buggies and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, cool. So I don't even know if the streets were paved in some of those roads. It was hard to tell. I'm yeah. sure they were, but um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, yeah. Anyways, just the you know the, the jumping back and forth, and um, again, it's like I think it's, it's great as, as a, a set piece that the the Ta House winds up being because it just feels so isolated. Um, you know the, you know the jumping back and forth the America and they, you know the all the scenes in front of the the Senate, uh, the, like, yeah, it just all feels very real. And then they go back to Sicily, which again isn't American anymore, but <laughs> it's still. Um, and even in the beginning when they're like going through that Sicilian town, like it, it all feels very authentic, uh, very epic. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Alex, number five. 
Uh, but number five is right before the Fanucci hit, where uh, they're talking about how Fanucci's going to fleece him, and there's like $600, you know, there's no way and everything. And since uh, Vito is kind of like the, the new one on the crew, this is like that moment when they're eating spaghetti and everything together. He lays out his plan. That's pretty much like the first step that he takes into like surpassing uh, the other guys and, and becoming, you know, the godfather. I like that. That was the first step. And he tells him, look, we're going to do this. You give me $50 each and, you know, I'll make him a deal. He's like, what? What are you talking about? And then at the end, like towards the end of the conversation, he's like, just remember, I did you this favor. He's like, oh, shit. He's the yeah. godfather now. That's it. And I'd like to think that he was asking around town because he goes, I heard of a bookie who doesn't pay him and stuff. like. So he was putting feelers out there to yeah. you know about this guy. and Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not a question. These younger guys. So we obviously know one of them's Clemenza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are the other guys? I, I know one of them I know too, right? The other one's Abe Vigoda's character, right? So, yeah. So, so one of them the is... the guy with the nipple twist? Tessio. Yeah, Tessio. Yeah, Tessio. One, one of them is, is Janko... Well, they only talk about in the first movie. Like, he was always the conciliary until he died, basically, I think is what happens in the, like when the first movie starts. That's why Tom Hagen is the conciliary, because mm-hmm. Janko's no longer around. But yeah, he's he's like the... Yeah, he's the other guy that's always kind of... Like, he's the first friend you see with, uh, with, with, with Vito when they go to the play and he, stuff. The play, okay, that's what I was going to ask. That's that guy. Yeah. Okay, was there any other? Was there like um I, I don't know who else there would be. Yeah, I don't I don't know who else there would have been. In, in I'm trying to get through this quickly. In the uh extended version, like they they actually filmed the scene and it was god awful and they were they were very smart to cut it. But you know that, that scene um after the uh the landlord comes to see him and is like Super apologetic and the, the cute scene where he can't get the door open and yeah and then they go outside and they're hauling up the like Janko Olive Oil Company sign mm-hmm. and then like the the car comes by and almost hits him. Well, that scene was like a little longer, and like they wind up walking next door to like like this mini warehouse or something like that, and there's uh, this this character and uh, he he's like oh I'm like. You know, I, What's your name, kid? And he says something like, "Oh, I'm like, I'm Jonathan, like Reiserman or whatever." And there's like, "Oh, that name's not gonna work if you're gonna be a gangster." And like, "Oh, well, how about Hyman Roth?" Johnny Dangerous. No, he says, "No, he says, what about Hyman Roth?" And it's like, "Oh, like this stupid." Like, <laughs> like this whole scene where like there's this Hyman Roth kid that meets Vito, and like didn't make any sense, uh, so they they cut it. Anyway, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad they cut that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Where do we leave off here? We're on to my number four now, I think? Yes. All right. Um, well, speaking of the, the slumlord, I like basically what you guys are saying. Vito with the slumlord, how he handles that. Um, the scene where he, you know, when he, as a favor, you do it, and then the guy's like, no, no, fuck you, fuck you. Ask your friends about me. And then he comes back, and he's scared <laughs> shitless. And, uh, he gets him not only to, like, you know, let her stay there, stay even cheaper, and all that. Just really cool scene. Well, and that, and him not being able to get out, the trivia from the commentary yeah. is that 
uh, Coppola had them like hide a little nail that would like lock it in place. So the guy really could not unlock it. And that's why he's getting freaked out and stuff. Pretty cool. It, it is like, <laughs> so the first Godfather, there's very little levity. Um, like that whole sequence though, like it's got like the jaunty, like Italian, like, <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is like the first half of a Scorsese film where, it's nothing but good times and smiles being a gangster, right? <laughs> Until everything yeah. goes wrong. Um, yeah, like yeah, I like I like that scene, Jeff. With the yeah, he's, he's kind of got that that smirk the whole time. Like again, just very different from in any way you ever see Michael. Yeah, because he has this guy, but he's like, no, it's cool. About yeah, I'm not going to stare you down and hate everything. I, I do like the idea again comparing Michael and Vito. That you know, I got the impression this is the. The only, well, you see it later in the movie, so I guess that's wrong. But, like, this is really the only thing he ever did for work, like, like, or in order to, to further his reputation, like, to kill a guy. Like, after that, he just, like, kept his hands clean. Like, yeah, he, he kills the guy later, but that was purely, like, vendetta. Like, <laughs> it wasn't a, oh, yeah, it, that was it wasn't, like, any particularly, like, smart business move to do that. It was just... Yeah, the old Sicilian thing. In, in the movies, anyway. We don't know if, what he's done. Right, right. Yeah, well, like, he's obviously yeah. ordered people dead, right? Yeah. Like, he, he's definitely guilty, but, like, him personally doing it. I, I like the idea that he only had to do it the one time to, to build this reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Fanucci, unless you guys have more to say about Fanucci. Uh, not on my nope. list. Yeah. Well, kind of. All right, so his thing was that he just was, he was all talk, right? Like, there was... If he was, uh, I was reading other trivia because I wasn't sure. Like, so how does why does Vito know he can do this? And I guess in the book they talk about it more about that scar under his neck has to do with it, and that somebody attacked him, but that person never had to pay for it or whatever. And, and Vito knew, like, being a hardcore when he knew what happened in Sicily, right? Like, not only will they kill you, they'll kill yeah. your brother, they'll kill, and so he knew that something wasn't right about that. And that's why he kept pushing him and pushing him, and then. When he knew the guy kept backing down off of money, that this guy is all talk. But oh, that was pretty cool. Mm. I wish that maybe they would have hinted a little bit more at that. Like, how does, he, why does he think he's so tough and he can do it? Um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, the whole black hand thing never comes up again either. Yeah, like just just from a general like, how are they allowed to set up shop? You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that was my number. four. Four, right? So Scott, number four. Uh, number four is, is, yeah, the whole Vito doing a favor. Um, yeah, just the, 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 you know, him following Finucci, like you mentioned. Uh, like, Finucci even stops to, like, put pin the money on the, the whatever. Um, I don't know what the hell you'd call it. The, the Jesus tree. <laughs> the Jesus dollar tree. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he pins, he pins the money on it. Um... You know, everybody's, you know, saying hi to him, and, you know, he's got, like, the white coat, and you just you see Vito skulking, and uh, just a lot of great shots that, and then, um, yeah, the, the eventual killing, and, you know, one of the things I love about the Godfather movies is, like, I, I don't think it would be incorrect to call them violent movies, but I think it's more a case of these are just, like, heavy dramas that are punctuated heavily with with violence you know 
Um, and, you know, in this movie, like, every time it happens, it's very stark um, and, uh, you know, kind of disturbing on some level, depending on the, on the scene. Um, you know, there's there's no, like, definitely not glorifying violence. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's always kind of, like, again, again, unsettling. Uh, yeah, especially here, like, yeah, you it's shot like through the cheek and um Ugh. yeah it's 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 you know pretty brutal just uh, like serpico <laughs> so uh but it also has like the old timey gets shot and then oh gotta rip open my shirt to see yeah <laughs> yeah that's it's hollywood yeah nothing to do it's that. like oh he's got a bulletproof vest no he doesn't <laughs> i got a wound there yeah and then and then I, I do like that that whole sequence ends with him Going back to his family on the steps, like, yeah, and uh, of of course, uh, um, is, is is it that scene or the the other one that Fredo's just crying the whole time? <laughs> yeah, he's I crying figured, on the steps, thought... right? Or is that Michael? No, he picks up was... Michael right there. Yeah. Okay. Since we're talking about the yeah the 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 Corleone kids as babies. Is it F- Fredo that is getting, that is sick and is getting the, the old timey think so. Yeah. I think, I think that's Fredo. There? Yeah. Okay. Cause at first, yeah, I thought it was Michael, but then because of the scene before they're talking about how Fredo, you know, has always been weak and how is, Oh, that's fucked up. How his mom said, Oh, a gypsy's left you on the porch. You're not even mine. It's like, Jesus H. So that, that shot makes Yeah. It makes more sense. Is that if that's baby Fredo? Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> All right, Alex, number four. Uh, my number four is uh, some of the confusing stuff that we were talking about with the plot, where the hitmen were already killed, so they don't know who sent it. So Michael's trying to ferret out who put out the hit on him. So he goes to Roth, to Florida, and he says that he knows it's Frank, but then he goes to Frank and he wants to make peace with the guys so that he can reel Roth in. I think at that point, Correct me if I'm wrong or if I missed something. Uh, Michael really doesn't know which one of the two ordered the hit. He's just trying to like play one against the other to see which one makes a move or slips up, right? I think he knows it's Roth. At that point? That early? Yeah. I think I think he does. But I'm not sure. But I always think he does. I think he went to Roth first to feel him out. He has suspicions. And... He says, oh, you know, I'll have to go after uh, whatever. He goes, small potatoes or whatever. He didn't really care about it. I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that he did know. But I could be wrong. Okay. I, like I said, I've, I've been confused about this movie my entire life. So. Yeah. This movie is good at, at raising questions. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what characters know at what time. Uh, but, yeah, and once he says, oh, Michael Corleone says hello, and he starts strangling frank at the bar so it's like oh shit michael really did order and he thinks it's frank but i'm still not sure if frank actually did order the hit at that point and then later on in the movie he says i didn't order the hit so who must have done it and it's because it was that other family that's in roth's pocket and that's when everything else like oh okay all right so roth is the bad guy behind all the stuff yeah, so I just thought he, he, he Roth knew what that what was the meeting was going to happen. So Roth is the one who put the hit out on on him. 
I don't think Michael had anything to do with that. I think he, because remember, he told him what was going to happen. He told him that he was going to meet with his guy. He's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Roth was doing that thing. And he, he's still mad about what happened to, um, he <laughs> tells Green. a story. Mo Green, yeah. So yeah. I think that was all played part of it. And yeah. Poochie. I have to go now. Uh, Alright, my number three is just uh, the acting in these movies are always great, but I'll just, Scott already mentioned it, Pacino, but I'll throw De Niro and Pacino both just great in this. And this is why they be, one of the reasons these guys became the stars they were. Not so much these days, (laughs) but back then in the 70s and and even in the 80s they were good. and they were Even in, in Heat. Yeah, I know. That was probably the last time. That was, that was um, the was last time Pacino was able to go full Pacino. <laughs> but he doesn't even go full Pacino in this, right? I don't know. When no, did no. he start going full Pacino? I don't know. That's a good question. Scarface? <laughs> yeah, Scarface. Um, anyway, I just think they're, they're, they're both great. And yeah, you mentioned Heat. There's the scene where there's a fade-in between Michael and, and Vito... Uh, they're on the same. I guess that was the only time they'd ever been on the same frame until Heat. So and they weren't even in the same scene, but they're in the same frame because of the dissolve. I always thought mm. that was a nice bit of trivia. That's cool. So it wasn't until like that diner scene from Heat is where they were on screen together. So uh, Lee Strasberg, the guy who plays Hyman Roth, like he there's a whole like acting school that he <laughs> he founded. Like he's like a the Larry Storch acting school. Yes, he's a. He's very much an actor's actor. R.I.P. Larry Storch. He just died. Oh, yeah, that's right. 99 years old. Wow. Wow. Damn. Um, anyway. Yeah, so. But I think it's worth mentioning, you know, for talking, like, heavyweights. Like, like yeah, yeah, maybe not, like, the, the Hollywood stardom that, like, the, the other two have, but uh, definitely somebody who can hold his own. Yeah, and like, and we mentioned Tom Hagen, which like yeah. Robert Duvall and yeah. John Cazale. I mean, just everybody in this. Diane Keaton, like her role, like she's the only one that's really not in on the business that's in this, and you totally get her. It's like this is some scary ass people I'm with, and you know she mm-hmm. does her good part in this. And I I she, like like <laughs> she gets scared straight into pantsuits. Yeah, I, I even like uh, like doesn't get much much credit, but uh, Richard Bright, the guy who plays Al Neri. He's kind of his like right hand man throughout all these movies. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he's not doing anything like like super memorable, but you know, he's just kind of always there, looming, and he's got like the like yeah. You watch it again, you're like, yeah, that guy's pretty good. <laughs> the the only one I don't really like is Talia Shire because I keep waiting for her <laughs> to give Michael a pep talk. <laughs> you can do it, Michael. And then, <laughs> you're gonna win. She doesn't do it. It's not Rocky. Damn it. Kind of. Yeah, not really. But when she wants to come back, be closer to the family, please forgive Fredo. That's about it. God, the beginning when she's like, I'm going to marry this guy. He's just, Michael's just, don't, if you marry this man. Just like, not even, because not even in the room. And the balls on that, like, does that guy know who he is? Jesus Yeah, that guy, Christ. like, has, yeah, that guy knows. Way in over his head. Yeah, the, the guy, yeah, the guy has gigantic balls. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is. I don't know what his business is. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right. Um, he's like even calling like the 
the mom, mama, I'm like kissing her on the cheek. It's like, like dude. <laughs> yeah. You're going gonna to be sleeping with the fishes. You know, she's great in these movies, too. She doesn't have a lot to do, but she's... Or the mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Scott, number three. Okay, my number three. Um, speaking of Diane Keaton, uh, Kay's, Kay's betrayal. So, um, it, in the, the scheme of uh, the, the plot here, so Michael, you know, this is like right on the heels of of him, like I think he had his he had his suspicions, but him knowing that 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 uh, Fredo had set him up, um, and then he comes home and and Kay and him have that that whole argument, um, you know, and and she she tells him that she she had the abortion, um, she didn't want to bring another son and. Um, which is like you you get her reasoning um, you know, after everything that she's seen, but it's still like super fucked up thing to to do to somebody, um, like to do to herself. Like I, I, it's 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 really hard to to think about. Um, it's it's a really powerful scene. Um, you know, in some top flight acting there from from her, um, and you know you you see. Michael uh, loses shit uh, in that scene, um, and, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, is like is she right? Is if if the not like not not talking about the abortion, but if she had had a son, you know, would that son have been you know completely pulled into the this uh, you know Sicilian mafioso lifestyle, um, and it's it's hard to think that they wouldn't have um you know get the whole thing with, with Vito he he feels compelled like to, you know unwisely uh to to go back and and kill the old man who's like barely <laughs> like alive <laughs> but he still mm-hmm. has to to finish the job um you know just kind of punctuate the like she doesn't know any about any of that but um you know it, it's you wonder like how how likely was Michael to actually quit up and quit the business? Like you see throughout the movie that that's his no, goal zero, but like <laughs> how zero. like how likely was he to actually have done that? Nope. Um, and I think Kay has a better beat on that than than anybody else. Um, Even he's, Michael, he's saying yeah, probably maybe Michael has tricked himself into thinking that, um, mm-hmm. and, but she she knows better. Um, but it's just such a again like a a, a, a traumatic. Uh, scene and you know this is 1974 like this is like right on the heels too for getting a little meta like right on the heels of, of Roe versus Wade actually passing in the United States um, so for, for moviegoers there's it's probably like uh, like impactful in a different way than it would be for us today um, even though it's still like a relevant conversation um, yeah it just Again, like uh, uh, like like Jeff, you pointed out, she's not in the business. Like, like this is this really would have been the only way for her to really kind of uh, like hurt him in, in any significant way. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it, it's hard to like again to to figure that that mindset like she gets into. Um, if she explains it, 
but you know, like how how do you get there? And and we we do see again like she's not allowed to leave. Um, she she knows enough about what's going on to to be rightfully you know terrified of that and and how it affects her children. The you know, the movie your kids are getting shot at. Uh, you know that that has to definitely affect your thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like it, I you know I I don't think I'm doing a, a good job of explaining anything, but I think they do think it's a <laughs> uh, again a very powerful scene. So that's my number three is is that scene with Kay. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is disowning Fredo. Um, I don't know if it, it, this scene gets uh, as much credit as the other ones, like the, the kiss of death or the boat scene at the end, but like this one right in the middle where they're just having a conversation and Fredo's like g- given up and uh, uh, Michael's trying to get whatever scraps of information he has left to protect, quote unquote, to protect the family. Um, and uh, yeah, He's just done done with Fredo after he gives him the information that he needs. He drops whatever what little pretenses he has cuz I think Fredo still thinks that, you know, we're family. You know, this will blow over event. I mean, Michael's going to be mad at me maybe for years or decades, but we're still family, right? And then no, Michael just drops the hammer and says, you know, I don't want to see you if you're going to come see mama. You tell me a day in advance so I don't have to be there. It's brutal. Yep awful and then that just makes makes the the ending scene hurt even just even more jesus h yeah michael's a piece of work yeah all right uh on to my number two which i think scott mentioned this earlier the juxtaposition of the rise of Vito and kind of the fall of michael i mean i guess michael is rising as a as a gangster but everything he's he's losing everything as he's doing it just i love that how they're two totally different people and just the further up he gets the more power he gets he's losing his wife he's losing unborn kids he's losing his brother um yeah there's all his mom his mom died like everything just happens right so it's just and and it's not to glorify what Vito's doing he's just, you know he's kind of just as bad he's just just different and cold and even later on at the very end of the movie when they're having dinner and or no shit is that godfather one i think it was god godfather two they had dinner at the very end but yeah right they couldn't couldn't i think god (laughs) godfather one it's not even michael it's sunny and they're talking business at the table and either talia shire or the mom says you know dad never talked business at the table yeah it was talia shire yeah yeah, and he snaps at her, and just kind of stuff Carlos that Vito did. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he keeps it separate. And anyway, that's my number two. Uh, Alex, oh, sorry, Scott, number two. Number two is the the scene Alex was just talking about. The again, this is like probably like the the best shot scene in the entire movie. Um, just the the way. Uh, Fredo is kind of splayed out in that that lounge chair, um, you know, like he's a little kid. Um, you know, the the way he, his his body language, the way he's kind of like throwing his arms around as he's talking, 
Bill Michaels like sitting above him, looking down in judgment. Um, you know, the, the lighting's kind of dim. Uh, you know, it's kind of I think it's cloudy outside. Uh, but yeah, like he, his posture just says that yeah, he's completely given up. Like like Alex said, uh, and just some of the the lines, the I'm smart. Like you, yeah. like it's, it's it's my own kid brother. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know hear hear this it's it's, it's heartbreaking um, yeah. to get it's very personal um, and again yeah John Cazale Cazale is is you know absolutely great in that scene um, and uh, yeah it's it's just a, a like one one I think one of the all time uh, scenes maybe maybe not as iconic as some of the other stuff in the movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's the, like, one of those that you kind of stop what you're doing to make sure you're paying attention to that scene kind of things. So, yeah, that's, that's my word, too. Yeah, those big windows yeah. do a lot in that movie. The rain and the snow. and I'm smart. <laughs> I can do things. He said there could be something in it for me, Michael. Alex, number two. Uh, number two is a scene where, yeah, Kay's leaving. We talked about it already, but it's just such a phenomenal scene. It, it was almost my number one because the the acting between Al Pacino and uh, Diane Keaton is it's just amazing. It, there's they run a whole gamut of emotions. Uh, I can't I can't even talk <laughs> just remembering this scene. It's so great. Uh, Michael wins, but he's like, he, he wins the the trial and everything, because he pulled a fast one on Frank, bringing his brother, and so he's gonna he's gonna beat him, and Kate knows that, but he still doesn't like savor the victory, and everything. He's still brooding, like we've said before. He's all wound up and everything. There's no joy in Michael, and even like a, a big victory like this, and Kay is just like, she's out. She wants to get out. And Michael at that at that point like Caesar more he's talking about it like she's a possession. There's no way you know I would let you leave. What makes you think that I wouldn't use all of my power to you know to stop that from happening? Uh, it's just brutal. Well, I think he, that's simply about her taking the kids. No, yes. Like I don't think it was so, I'm yeah, leaving, that, and he no, says I'm not letting point. you leave. It's I'm not letting you leave with the kids. Slightly yeah. different. No, yeah, you're right. Like, it makes me wonder what if that was the conversation. Like, how Michael would have reacted. But, uh... Mm-hmm. I think he would have reacted almost the same. Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to think that he wouldn't have been, like, yeah. upset. But, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Um... Do you guys think that Kay actually did have an abortion? Was she that, like... Uh, uh, mentally um, distraught and thinking that she actually had an abortion or did she just say that to really like drive the point home to Michael that she is leaving and like like she said there, I knew that this was something that you would never forgive me for and it's the only way that she would be able to escape the family is if she did something like this but did she actually do it or did she ha- actually have a miscarriage that's a good question yeah that's I, you know, it's, I guess it's completely possible uh mm-hmm. I th- I think uh, I I think based on everything that we've seen of Kay's character, she's 
she's, I think she's a little too forthright to have lied about it. I think she's more likely to do have done it, like gone through mm-hmm. with it, and you know, hurting herself in the process, rather than you know, just had this lie. Um, but yeah, I, I never, yeah. I never stopped to think about that. Like it's possible she was lying about it. Right. And then just add to that the scene where she she can't get out of the house in time before Michael comes and he just closes the door in her face. Kind of like Godfather 1. Yeah. He doesn't close mm-hmm. the door in her face, but somebody closes the door yeah. in her face. Yeah. Call back. All right. Uh, number one is all the stuff with Fredo, uh, especially with the end, with the death, because I, I never saw that. I never thought he would cross that line. Even... As brutal as the scene is that you guys were talking about, it's still, it's it's banishment, but it's not death. There's always a chance to come back from that, right? Where the death mm-hmm. is just so... And after he let him back in, and he's going to, you know, go fishing with his son, or, you know, uh, Michael's son, and just all that. Oh, brutal. But I guess that's a scene where, like, where you're, you know, the, 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 the protagonist is the bad guy, right? And you're so rooting for him. And at that point... It's it's leading up to it with Kay and all that, but then when he kills his brother, to me that's when I kind of like, all right, fuck Michael Corleone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even Fredo, he knows he's dumb. He knows he didn't do it on purpose. Blah blah blah. Even if he did do it on purpose, it was for different wrong reasons and all that stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. the death of Fredo, and at least they don't show that on screen. But maybe that's even worse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The gun comes out and they hear the gunshot, and then just now he sleeps with the fishes. Mm-hmm. And it's connected the, uh, the that connects to the conversation that he has with his mom, his mother before she died. Like they're having a conversation, you know, was Papa strong for the family and everything? And then Mama tells him, like, well, you, you can't, you know, lose family. That's just not something that happens. Mm-hmm. And just like Michael just says, well, times are changing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit. All right, uh, Scott, number one. Yeah, my number one is the Fredo sleeps with the fishes. Uh, yeah, you just the, the eerie music, like Jeff, you mentioned the weather. Um, you know, the, again, there's this the stillness uh, to everything, and then um, I, I don't remember the name of the kids, uh, but um, Anthony, Anthony, yeah, when uh, Connie comes out to to call him to go shopping or whatever. Um, yeah, your dad wants to go to Reno now. Yeah, it's like oh shit! Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like you kind of see it. Like it's so well done because it's like yeah, it's not actually going to happen, right? And then all of a sudden, like, the kid's gone. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's you know, there's there's this innocence again to, to Fredo um, that you know, despite all the the shit he's gotten up to, um, that you you really feel for him, and then. You know, he's telling that story about how he caught the fish. Um, and he seems to... But, ne- but he don't get the fish. Yeah, he didn't catch the fish. Uh, but, you know, he, he's a genuinely, like, like, like and, you know, interacting with his uh, with his niece and nephew. Um, you know, he actually does, like, uh, you know, want to be a good uncle to them. And, uh, yeah, they, they go out fishing and... Yeah, just the the music, and then like, you know, cutting back to Michael, and then it happens off screen, and you, know, you see Michael just left alone. Uh, you know, this is this is you know, what 
what it's all come to. Um, he, he's kind of brought this all on himself to to have nobody around. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's just so chilling uh, and, and, you know, shocking. Uh, so that's my number one. All right, Alex. My number one is the uh, switching between timelines between uh, Michael and Vito. Uh, just to add a little bit of things, because we've talked about this a lot, it's one of the one of the best parts of the movie. Um, uh, yeah, I like that going into the mafia gives Vito like everything, the American dream that he's always wanted. And uh, but it's it takes it gives Vito his family, and it takes Michael's family away, and it's like two, the two sides of the business, you know. And it really comes to a head in that one, like, flashback that's in between, where it kind of, I mean, not really, but it kind of has it to do with both of them, with Vito and Michael, in the uh, birthday dinner scene. Uh, and that's kind of like at Vito's height with his, with his love of his family and everything, and that's when Michael kind of starts his downfall um, and being separated from his family. You know, there's there's a bit of foreshadowing in the first movie um, when, uh, when Vito tells Michael, you know, uh, you know, he's spending time with the family, and you know, Michael says yes, like kind of offhandedly, um, and you know, he says because you know, like a, a man that doesn't spend time with his family is not a man. Um, and Michael's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then we see, like, at the end of the first movie, he's shutting Kay out. Um, in the second movie, you don't see him spend time with his family at all. Like, yeah. Like, that, there's this, the scene where they're yeah. going to bed, but that's, like, about it. Like, mm-hmm. he spends all, almost the entire movie away from his family um, to kind of show that well, he's not going to get get what he wants out of, out of what he's trying to do. Yeah, because that's another thing. It's Vito's about his blood family, and Michael's more about the mob family aspect of it. A lot of, a lot of good uh, juxtaposition. On a lot of levels here. It's really uh, good. Vito, Vito dies playing, being a grandpa with his yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Chasing and, him around. And Michael dies alone. Yeah. But they both have oranges on their person <laughs> when they die. What does that tell you? It's a... Eat apples. <laughs> yeah, they didn't keep the doctor away. <laughs> Very susceptible to All story. right. Yeah. 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 Um, we're not going to do audible mentions because we're running way long here. Yeah. So, as usual. Well, it's Godfather Part 2. I didn't mention the Tom <laughs> yeah. Hagen and Mike relationship, which I'm always fascinated by. But, yes, let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, he starts yelling at him for weird reasons. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 7 being perfection. Hurt me, Michael. What is this? <laughs> yeah. 1 being garbage. Um, I give it to 7. While I don't like it as much as the first one, it's still an excellent, great movie. Little things nitpicking here and there, and like the biggest thing being a complicated storyline. Hey, it makes rewatching. It's it pay attention. You have to put your phone down and actually watch and talk to people about it. Nothing wrong with that. So seven for me, Scott. Uh, easy, easy seven. Not not perfect as as we mentioned, uh, but but again, you know, some all time um, character work. You know, acting work. Um, some of the filmmaking with the, some of the, the shooting sets. Uh, it, it all makes for a very very compelling watch. Seven. I just like how seven being perfection, Scott. It's seven. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Yeah. I know what you mean. Alex. Uh, this is a very high six for me. Mostly yeah. because I do I do like... I, I love The Godfather Part 1. That one, I believe, is a seven for me, or should have been, if it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, that fucking gold phone, I can't do it. Damn it. <laughs> okay, you gotta put your phone down, yeah. It's not made of solid gold, asshole. I'm surprised you didn't complain about the fast motion when Michael was on the ground escaping the bullets. When he's army crawling across the floor, it's def- the, it's that sped was, up. Really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I've always Damn. noticed that. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that again then. Yeah, Alex, think you know what else? Yeah, well, there you go. Hey, That's a medium you know six instead of a high they weren't, six. They weren't shooting real bullets in the window when they shot it. Bullshit. I know. <laughs> they were real bullets of Fanucci, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, now it's time for our crossover topic, which is different actors playing the same character or role. Uh, right? So Marlon Brando plays Vito Corleone in Godfather 1. And in this movie, we have uh, Robert De Niro What's playing Vito Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, this was hard because it's a lot of like uh, nothing. Nothing was quite like this, but um, I'm just gonna go with Batman. <laughs> there's been so many Batman, yeah. and I will. I, there's so many. I was Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer to whatever Clooney to Bale to the to, to the Pat Affleck. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, the new guy. To, um, so, I mean, I think I'm gonna have more superheroes on my list later on. But Batman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is my number five, Scott? Yeah, tough for me too. I I tried to, to to keep it like with the like you like you just said with the Marlon Brando Robert De Niro thing, and it was too hard, so I cheated a little bit, <laughs> or at least broaden my 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 own terms. But uh, starting with uh, Richard Harris, and Michael Gambon uh, as as Dumbledore. Um, oh, that's a good one. Uh, oh, okay. Like that. Yeah, nice. That was interesting because I mean, it's sad. Like, I imagine they would have had Richard Harris do the whole thing, uh, you know, had he been able to. Uh, you know, unfortunately passed away, so they had to replace him. Um, speed, speed of but, hand. Uh, but, I, but I do think they they were bringing something each a little bit different to to the role, um, and then I I really did like what, what Michael Gambon was was doing, um, you know. It, he wasn't trying to, to copy Richard Harris necessarily. Uh, but I, I thought they were, were both compelling in the role. So, yeah, number five. Dumbledore. Nice. nice. Alex, number five. Um, so, yeah, kind of like you guys, my rules were just keep it within the same franchise if I couldn't find one with the same movie. So it's literally like the same character, yeah. right? I tried to keep like the connective tissue, but I threw that out the window too. <laughs> <laughs> So for my number five is Ian Holm and Martin Freeman okay. as Bilbo Beggins. Yeah, I thought about that one. I thought about it, but I hate the Hobbit movie so much. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't like it either, but I, I still like the book. And <laughs> the book, okay. <laughs> Goddamn it! But Martin Freeman is not the problem with the Hobbit movie. No, no, he's no, actually no. a really good Bilbo. Yeah, so, yeah. a lot of issues. Yeah, he was. He was not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, on to my next superhero for my number four would be this, the Spider-Mans. Spider-Man. Yeah, we got Tobey Maguire, we got Brittany McBritt, Bruderson, and now other Brittany McBritterson. Two out of three, right, Brits? (laughs) God damn it. Taking our gerbs. Tom Holland, and who's the other guy? Um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Yeah, 
tubes but they're all good Especially oh what about um fucking uh, frank from always sunny his man said that wasn't spider-man that was man spider <laughs> yeah count it count it <laughs> daddy devito spider-man um and these well because well they are in separate universes but maybe worlds collide in movies that are out or not out i don't know i don't know if people have seen these days anyway alex what's your number four sorry scott what's your number four i did see that movie uh my number four is uh also another uh marvel movie is iron man when uh terrence howard and don Cheadle are playing roadie that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I, was, I was actually reading up on that before the podcast. I didn't make my, my list, but uh, um, yeah, Terrence Howard is, is a crazy person, so uh, I'm okay with uh, Don Cheadle taking the role. Mm-hmm. I heard that he got paid more than Robert Downey in the, for the first movie. Yeah, that's what I heard too. So, so Howard's on, on a record like saying that he had already signed a contract, and they came back to him the second movie. And, and said we're going to pay you less because we think you know you're not important to the to the film. So um, and then he bitched that like Robert Downey Jr. didn't have his back um, and like he he was the one that like helped make him in the first movie. And I like Don Cheadle more, so like I don't have a problem with any of this. I hope <laughs> I hope Don Cheadle like like is getting paid like a respectable amount, like what he should be getting paid. Um, oh. Yeah, he should be, but. Uh, yeah, they kind of fucked up. But I mean, if, if they actually if they actually did pull that, and they said we're yeah, gonna pay you like yeah, that sounds fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna pay you an eighth of what we were gonna pay you, like mm-hmm. like that that really is fucked up. But then again, Terrence Howard has not done a whole lot in his life to to lend credibility to anything that he says. So who knows? That could have been like one of those political moves to try and get him off or out of his contract. Maybe, yeah, maybe like, they this, just this is the loop. Maybe maybe he was a pain in the ass in the set or something like that. Or, yeah. Because he I wanted heard... a bigger role, and they said no. Like, yeah, what's his face? What's the chef? What's the director's name? Favreau. Uh, Favreau. Thank you. Uh, I heard that he wanted Don Cheadle initially for for Rhodey's yeah. character in Iron Man One, but the studios like pushed Terrence Howard, and then for the second one, um, they pulled this stuff to get. Um, yeah, it's still Don still Cheadle, fucked up, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, fucked up, but but in the end, yeah. I I like I. I want what I like, so I'm happy with Don Cheadle. <laughs> All right, I think I skipped uh, Scott. Scott, what's your number four? Uh, number four is Sir Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. Um, That's my oh, number three. Uh, so yeah, I'll let you nice. talk more about it, but but I will say it is it is very interesting to see an actor age into that role, <laughs> a little the way Ewan yeah. McGregor has. So a little bit, yeah. yeah. It's also amazing what how life is different now than it is because i think ewan mcgregor's like less than 10 years away from being the age of alec guinness and the new hope and he looks a lot better <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. guys got good genes well, just wait 10 years <laughs> probably wasn't drinking whiskey between each take <laughs> i have no idea what alec guinness was doing probably drinking guinness, God damn it <laughs> yeah. that's in his name <laughs> but yes as we've as we've talked about a lot on this we were not huge fans or i'm not a huge fan of the prequels but uh obi-wan was definitely not the issue and uh yeah and alec guinness of course from the originals that's a nice little good casting by uh lucas on that one i believe mm-hmm. considering like back then Hugh mcgregor was just like a indie guy right? a baby face if you look at those danny boyle movies yeah if you, if you look like go back and look at the prequels he's just total baby face like. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm 
Um, all right, so that was my number three. So I guess now we're back to Scott's number three. Yeah. Uh, going back to Ewan McGregor, and that's uh, Ewan McGregor and Albert Finney in Big Fish. Um, oh, shit. Have, yeah. Have, so, Jeff, I don't believe you've seen this, right? Damn, that's good. I saw the theater, bro. Okay. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe we saw it together. I don't remember who I saw it. Maybe probably, bro. Uh, yeah, bro. But, yeah, this is... Um, these Both these actors definitely have a, a talent for playing, like, that character with, like, kind of that twinkle... In their eye, that that big smile, like that, you know, it kind of draws everybody in. Big um, fish. So some some really good casting here, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend the movie. By the way, uh, if, if nobody's ever seen it, it's probably might might be my favorite Tim Burton movie actually. Ooh, yeah, yeah it's really. Good. I should watch it again. Again, Devito. Yeah, Devito again. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number three. Number three, speaking of Tim Burton, uh, the Tim Burton Schumacher Age of Batman, which we had Keaton, still the best, let's get nuts, mm-hmm. and that went to then, was it Iceman and then Clooney? Yeah, Val Kilmer. Then. Yeah, Kilmer and then Clooney as the, the other uh, Bruce Wayne's Batmans. There it is. <laughs> All right. On my number two, stick with the Batham, Batman theme, the Jokers. Batham. The Bethmans. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all been pretty good except for Morbius. That guy is terrible. Just stick to music, bro. <laughs> um, not that I've seen Morbius, but I've heard it's terrible. Oh, okay. Leto. What is it? Leto? Yeah, Leto? Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah. His Joker was absolute horse shit, dog shit, poop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Called... <laughs> he had to slip into the clean words. Yeah. Wow. He called the shit poop. Uh, but from from Joker, I mean, sorry, from Joker, from Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger to Mark Hamill to what we just had recently with What's His Face, um, Robocop. Phoenix, Walking Phoenix. Uh, so, some of the other voice actors, like, I mean, no, one, no one's going to top Mark Hamill for the voice actors, but. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Cesar Romero. <laughs> Cesar Romero. Um, God damn, what's his name? Uh, Troy Baker. If anybody knows who that is, a voice actor did, did really good Joker's. His was like kind of a take on Mark Hamill, I think. Um, Alan Tudyk does the Joker on the Harley Quinn animated show. Oh, that's him. And he's he's really good. Oh, damn. He, yeah, no I really like his Joker. Um, so, but yeah. The Jokers, but it's a good role, and when we good role, you get good actors, I think, and they always bring shit out of it. So, Joker, mm-hmm. Scott, number two, number two is Batman slash Joker. Uh, basically, everything you guys have said. Uh, yeah, it's just they're it's the quintessential villain for Batman. So you kind of have to have you kind of have to combine them if we're going to talk about Batman. Uh, so yeah, yeah. All right, Alex, number two. My number two is. Uh, uh, Fuck. Looper. <laughs> Jokerlev? Um, no, oh. I was trying to think. Uh, yeah, Jokerlev and uh, Die Hard. Bruno. What's his name? Bruce Bruce Willis. That's his. Bruce Willie. Jokerlev, nice. he didn't put on the schnoz. <laughs> yeah. That movie's so distracting to see him with the, <laughs> the makeup, trying to make him look like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie, though. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, my number one, and this kind of goes with the territory of the franchise, would be James Bond. 
played by six people. I don't even know how many at this point. But uh, Connery, Lazenby, uh, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, what's Timothy Dalton? Yeah, Timothy. Well, Timothy Dalton, then Pierce Brosnan, and then uh, Ray Lewis, <laughs> and then Ray Lewis. <laughs> um, so yeah, six. Well, technically, well, actually, um, who played it in the original Casino Royale? It was um, uh, I want to say the guy from Baron Munchausen. Uh, yeah, Aaron Neville, not Aaron Neville. Uh, Neville Mr. Bean. Neville, Neville. But yeah, technically, yeah, still James Bond, just a, an old retired one. All right, Scott, number one, John Neville. Yes, sir. Um, my number one. Is uh, it's also uh, James Bond. And not not hundred percent sure on who my favorite Bond is, but uh, it's not George Lazenby. I know that much. <laughs> Mine's got to be the new guy because I've seen most of his, I've seen all of his movies. Well, I haven't seen the latest one. Yeah, I am very curious to see who gets to be the next Bond. So I just told you, Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number one. My number one is one movie, the ultimate in two actors playing the same characters, but opposite each other, and then back again. I Face off. This is the first thing I thought of, and then I, I, I thought I would get called out on it, so I didn't. But I'll allow it. <laughs> Sasha. Oh, what the fuck? So, I, I think it's, it's been a minute since we all watched it, but who do you think is doing the better version of the other person? Like, is, is Travolta doing a better Nick Cage, or is Nick Cage doing a better Travolta? Yeah, see, that's the, that's the mind-bending yeah. question that this movie raises. Nobody out-acts Cage. Either. Cage. That's true. <laughs> but he's got to, see, Cage goes from completely bananas, but he has to tone it down. No, see, that's why he's better, because he does have to tone it down when he's... Travolta's character. So if you're gonna allow this movie, why don't you put in like vice versa and uh, freaky? Oh freaky yeah, like Friday. father, like father, like son, and like father, Friday. like son. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't think of it. <laughs> I was, thought was, of like, was that the uh, Kirk Cameron Dudley Moore one? The... <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that's the first one of those movies that I saw when I was a kid. Those two that came out the exact same time. Yeah, there was that one, and then there was one with Judge Reinhold and. Excellent. Fred Savage? I think it was Fred Savage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, god damn it. Anyway, alright, that's it. Any honorable mentions? Uh, nope. It's time for Alex Lowe's Sports. Lowe's Sports? I'm Alex, I'm Alex and I Lowe's Sports. <laughs> Sports ball? <laughs> Uh, so you know how ESPN is doing these uh, documentaries and stuff on big mm-hmm. sports figures, right? Right, yeah, they do a lot of those. So they're doing they're taking a little turn, a little dip, uh, and doing it on uh, a famous DJ this time mm-hmm. on uh, the the pioneer that wrote all of the jock jams yeah. and everything. So uh, Dick Vitale or DJ Dickie B, as he's are you known. all ready for this? Yeah, it's awesome, baby! Jock jams three. So yeah, look out for that uh, uh, documentary on ESPN about Jock Jams. So Dick, Dick I'll watch Vi- that Dick- right after I watch the Derek Jeter con- <laughs> documentary. 
They, how how much of that that documentary on Derek Jeter did they spend talking about herpes? <laughs> or and gift baskets. Herpes and gift baskets. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Dick Vitale is either in his seventies or his hundred and tens. I don't know. Hundred eleventh. Hundred eleventh. You guys not quit anytime soon. It's my hundred eleventh birthday, Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Respect that guy for doing this long, I guess, though. Yeah. I have, like, zero interest in college basketball, but, uh... <laughs> and he kind of looks like Pangean Alley. Pa- what was the guy? Pantangeli, yeah. yeah. We never did talk about that the whole reason, like, that character even existed was because they couldn't get, uh... Um, Clemenza. Clemenza, Richard Cast- Castellano, to return. Yeah. There's, like, a dispute over, like, how much money he wanted to be paid. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. All right, it's time for Niamh News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah. Um, so yeah, we're running long, so uh, I'll just cut this to, to yeah, one bit. Godfather Part 2. Um, so, it's been, so it's been a while since we, we talked about uh, box office. Um, so looking specifically at domestic box office. Um, Alex, you might already know this because we're, we're in that pool together, but... Um, uh, I forget to check it. Yeah, it's, it's been a while for me. Um so, this is the 2022 domestic box office. Um, so, we'll just go over some of the top ones here. Uh, Encanto. <laughs> what, what do you guys think is number one? Encanto. That wasn't even released in theaters, huh? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Top Gun Maverick. I have no idea. Alex? Yeah, I'm just going to say Top Gun. I don't even know these It things. is Top Gun. Which Woo-hoo! sucks for me because I did not pick Top Gun to, to be the highest grossing uh, movie over the summer. Um, yeah, it's made all the money. Uh, it's sitting domestically um, over $620 million. Um, so globally... So you know, playing with the boys. Bad. Although I, I, it might not be showing in China because recently Hollywood's kind of pushed back in some of the censoring that they demand. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, number one is that. Uh, number two... Doctor Strange, um, who did, still did very well domestically, still over four hundred million. Um, third is the Batman. Uh, fourth, Jurassic World, Dominion, five Minions. Sixth, Thor: Love and Thunder, which also again sucks for me because I picked that to do like yeah, gangbusters. Yeah, I think yeah, that one's really high on my list. Yeah, too. so uh, that does. it just came out though, guys. Jeez. It did. That's true, but still. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, give it a minute. Uh, number seven, No Way Home. Uh, eight, Sonic the Hedgehog. Two, nine, Uncharted. I don't know anybody that saw that fucking movie. Uh, but I guess it did okay, honey. Uh, That's what they get. They put it on Xbox. I would have known about the character. To be fair, Sony owns that studio, so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to... <laughs> Do that uh, number ten, Lightyear, which again fucks me because uh, I picked that to do better at 115 million. Number ten, yeah, um, I had it in number three. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvis did okay; it's at number 100 million. Uh, you said you saw that, right, Jeff? Yep. Yeah. Um, Was it better than 3,000 Miles to Graceland? <laughs> Way better. So, uh, so uh, yeah, just um, some things that that You're still winning. Some things that kind of bombed. Um, so it. It was technically released on December 22nd, and, you know, obviously the pandemic lands to take was a little bit different, but uh, 
Um, the King's Man uh, has only made uh, $20 million. Um, so, yeah, that did not do well at all. Damn, you know, those so, movies kind of took a dive. So that, I haven't seen any of the sequels. Well, it's only, it's only been the two. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of killed the franchise, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the first one was so fucking good. Yeah, I did, I did really enjoy the first one. Uh, Jackass Forever, uh, 21. <laughs> Jeez, it's sitting at 57 million, so that, I'm sure that's like. <laughs> I'm sure those movies are pretty cheap to make. <laughs> yeah. So so they're making good money on that. Uh, the screen... sure you don't even have to pay Johnny Knoxville. They'll just do that yeah, shit the, for free. The latest Scream movie at $81 million, which, again, it's a horror movie. Um, I'm, I, I'm guessing they wanted it to be better. Um, but uh, anyway. Hey, Wes Craven got a check, so that's, <laughs> that's all I'm happy for. Well, as the state did, anyways. Um, Jeff, you mentioned Encanto, uh, number 49. Uh, at five million, so that's some kind of release. But I guess that like, it released last November. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mean I have to tell you because yeah. I'm sure you were in theater day one. But uh. yeah, and I just know that it did way better than they thought. And like they were like, you "Stupid idiot, should have released it in the theaters." But whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also thought that they they pushed all the toys to be like the super pretty stuck up girl in the movie because all oh, little girls want to be this one, right? With that's kind of rich and pampered and everything, but all the little girls wanted the the buff Louisa doll, and they didn't make <laughs> enough of those, so they had to like scramble to make more of those dolls. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Old white men doing marketing. What do you want? <laughs> I want better. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyways, I can go on on some of the other bombs, but uh, yeah, still surprised Top Gun because. I'm not sure who the audience is for that, but apparently it's everybody. <laughs> Bros. Bros want to see Top Gun. I guess. I wonder if they saw an uptick in uh, naval recruitment, just like in the first movie. It's definitely shitty mustache. <laughs> Re- uh, yeah, everywhere. Right there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Lieutenant LT Smash is on the case, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, LT Smash. Lieutenant Smash. That's right. Lieutenant L.T. Smash. <laughs> Even at Norage. Uh, all right. Yeah. That, that's that's it for me. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Um, yeah, just a little bit. I, you know, you, I've uh, expressed my love for retro gaming on this podcast a lot. And I've been pl- I, was, I played um, Republic Commando for the PC. Republic Commando. As, yeah, it's a... Pre- it's a prequel star wars prequel game with some of the commandos and everything with tamar morris as uh the voice of the titular the leader that's cool and the game is great uh it's got like a lot of uh modern touches that are still really snappy really good combat and everything um of course the graphics are dated because it's a game from like the early 2000s uh the only thing that's missing is a little bit more cutscenes because every time you move to like a different planet they just have text explaining what happens in the middle instead of having fully realized like cutscenes and acting and everything. But that's probably more because of, you know, the time frame of release, which is always the case. And it kind of ends abruptly also because I think it leads into, what was it, Attack of the Clones? Because it ends on Kashyyyk, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I still recommend it. It's on sale for like less than $5 all the time on good old Galaxy. So get it. All right. Yeah, I I played it way back in the day. It was all right. 
That's cool. I liked it. I always liked the Battlefront games during the prequel era. Like, you'd play... I think were they just prequels or were they would go through both? But I don't know. Those are really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new um, Battlefronts, you can go all the timelines. Yeah, the new Battlefronts, too much. <laughs> the Ewok game is the best. The Ewok <laughs> hunt is awesome. It's fucking terrifying. All right. Anything um, else, Alex? Uh, no, that's it. Oh no! Real quick, I also picked up the first volume of the Sandman comic books because ah. it's coming to Netflix, and I am waiting to see what they're gonna do with the visuals on the TV show because number one, it's a TV show, so you know it's gotta have a limited budget, but the artwork is so amazing in the in the graphic novel, and, and it's mind bending as well. Like looking at still images, what are they gonna do for the dreamscape and all that shit? Yeah, I, in, I, like are they? So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the graphic novels, but uh, the in, in like the trailer, the last trailer that I watched, like some of the set setting looks pretty fantastical. So oh, I haven't seen the trailer. So I'm I'm expecting they're going to be doing a lot of uh, I always forget the term like Dutch angles, <laughs> Dutch ovens, yes, yeah, uh, Dutch rudders, Dutch rudders, yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever, they're standing in front of the green scheme, but it has depth. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. I forget yeah, what, it's, yeah. what that's called. They do like the Disney Plus MCU stuff a lot. But anyway, I'm expecting a lot of that. Okay. But yeah, I recommend the graphic novel. At least uh, I got the first volume, which is the first 20 issues that they released. And it's fantastic. Gaiman, he knows how to write, man. It's so good the way he melds like old mythologies and repackages them for the modern era. It's amazing. Cool. Uh, all right, uh, Jeff. Yeah, um, Better Call Saul final season part two has started. Watched a couple episodes so far. It's really freaking good. People aren't watching it. Watch it. Um, started the next the new season of the boys a couple episodes in there really good uh, what else we got here I think that's it as far as stuff I've watched uh, upcoming we have San Diego Comic Con starting this week uh, so expect lots of trailers and news to drop so that should be interesting um, uh, have you guys seen I just saw a commercial for Prey the Prey the Prey or the Prey it's the Predator Prequel yeah, yeah, on Hulu. I don't know what to think uh, about that. Yeah, don't think yeah. about it. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> is the answer to that. Well, see, it's on Hulu, which is Disney. Disney owns the rights now, and they bought Fox. They got Predator rights, so I'm I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what they do with properties that aren't Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. So I I, I, I from like the trailer. It's yeah, good. Sorry, no, see from the trailer. It's you know he he's fighting natives like I, I don't know like what time frame but he looks like he's fighting i don't know if they're native americans or where they're at but it's definitely you know spears and and bows and arrow bro and arrow and stuff and just like okay of course the predator would destroy them but maybe not i don't know arnold beat him with some sticks and stuff yeah. so but i, I do I, I do like the idea because they they definitely set it up they've been coming to the planet for a long time at least in the, the second movie yeah um mm-hmm. and they're you know some some of the the, the Native American tribes, you know, they're not history like famed for, for being, you know, great warriors. So 
Um, it makes sense that the, the Predators would be going after some of these people. Um, but that said, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a good Predator movie since Predator 2, I think. I mean, they've all yeah. been pretty terrible. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. that, there's one other thing. I saw the, the, was it the Clerks 3 trailer? I don't know how I feel about that. I'm sure I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm really more interested in San Diego Comic-Con to see what... I don't know if there's going to be any Star Wars news. Or there's going to be any... like. I mean, has there been a trailer for Black Panther yet or no? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think I've, I've seen like... And I think that's the next movie, so... Like I one, It's not been no one sheet. There's been no like set photos yeah. or anything. I think they're trying to keep it all pretty hush-hush. The only thing with that is D23 comes out like a month later, so I don't know if Disney's holding Ooh. that kind of news for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other thing, I saw the latest trailer for the new Lord of the Rings show. Okay, I haven't watched that yet. And it looks way better than the first one. The first trailer looked awful to me. This one, I still don't... I mean, so by the special effects... Did okay, they change good. Sonic? Yeah. It made like Sonic, Sonic better? Yeah, whatever that... I don't know what happened with that. But yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it looks good. Now, I'll, I'll, hopefully they have some good casting and some good storylines and characters. But um, it, I don't know. So I'm not really looking forward to it, but I am at the same time. Same thing with, I guess, the new Game of Thrones show is coming out here soon, I think. Mm-hmm. So We're due for get, a new Conan. Get, I want a new Conan. Get our new fa- our fantasy on. Um, <laughs> I wish that you, I wish Michael yeah. Mimosa was got a better shot at being Conan. Michael Mimosa. Yeah. Michael Mimosa. Yeah, that oh, he was uh, was kind of rough. Jason Mimosa. <laughs> My bad. I still think they should make not Predator, but a movie like Predator, in which you have all of today's just uh, ripped dudes in the movie. Where it sounds like the. <laughs> Doing some Freudian slips here or something, but like you got to get like John, Momo- Cena? John Cena, Momoa, The Rock. Uh, he would be the leader, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Do like what we did with the Predator and all that. Just make a do Gears of War with these guys or something. I don't know, yeah. but there's a, we have enough of these actors now. I think that we could pull this off. Terry Crews, throw some people in there. We could make this movie. You just want to. Yeah. It sounds like you just want a fourth Expendables movie, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but with. Yeah. People in their prime now, not has been. That's the problem with those movies. Those are all has beens. How dare you? Never worse. <laughs> I dared. All right, that's all I got. Let's end this shit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.